Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. Peace be with you this day from our God, who is three in one, always creating, always redeeming, always sustaining. I want to talk about gratitude today. Um, gratitude for Pastor Sarah. Uh, I, I'm not a close friend of Sarah's. Uh, I first met her back, I think, in um, or encountered her back in uh, September of 2018 at a clergy women's retreat. And uh, she had switched name tags with another Sarah. And I knew the other Sarah. And I'm going, you're not Sarah Locke. Who are you? Um, And uh, so I I got a a sense of the joyful uniqueness, which is Pastor Sarah. And then we both uh, attended the called general conference in February of 2019, and I saw and encountered her there. Mostly, I see her on Facebook, her incredible collection of shoes. And that's one thing that I said, um, Sarah, I, I can't fill your shoes. And she said, I can leave you a pair. <laughs> and I said, no, no. <laughs> I, I won't, uh, I, I, I don't do heels. <laughs> but um, I am grateful for the spirit that I witness in, in Sarah. And I know that you are grateful for the passion that she brings um, to her call, to this congregation, and to this community. And so we are grateful for Pastor Sarah. Gratitude. I want to invite you to engage in an exploration with me, maybe go on a journey or uh, do a thought experiment with me to consider gratitude and how it shapes our lives in this creation. A friend said that gratitude affirms the goodness in one's life and recognizes goodness as beyond oneself. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good way of stating it. Uh, gratitude affirms the goodness in my life, and it helps me recognize that goodness is beyond me. That's, that, was, that was good, JP. Um, that was my friend's name. Um, but then I was also appreciative that he admitted Gratitude is difficult to muster in the midst of anxiety and disease. Yeah. Gratitude can be difficult to muster in the midst of anxiety and disease. I don't know about you, but I can imagine that this past year and a half has been a time of anxiety, of dis ease in our lives, not knowing what is going to happen uh, as we engage 
And so I'm, I'm very grateful that um, we're allowed to admit we might be a bit grudging when we come to consider gratitude. I, I want to start with a definition from the Oxford Dictionary. Gratitude is the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. Coming from the medieval Latin gratitudo and the old Latin gratis, meaning pleasing, thankful. Now, early on as children, we are taught to say please when we want something and Thank you. When we receive something very good, you're very good students today. You get an A. Okay. Learning how to say please and thank you helps to shape us, and it also helps to curb how naturally self-centric we are before we can truly discern that the world, the whole world, meaning our parents or caregivers, is not just an extension of ourselves, that not everything belongs to us, we begin to learn to receive not as a right, but as a gift that we may not merit. And we learn to give thanks for that gift, to be thankful, thankfulness. To explore this thankfulness, I want you to open your mind to your imagination center. Now, at the first service, I asked, had everybody had enough coffee or tea yet in order to kind of go into our imagination? I hope by this time of the morning, you've had your coffee, your stimulant, whatever you need. But I want you to go with me back to the very beginning at least as far as can be imagined. In the beginning, a singularity existed. One. Now imagine this as a point of light. Can you see it? Try. One, a point of light. And in that point of light, we can tease out, if, if we look really closely, Three parts, three beats, three hues, three colors that make up this one point. As white light is composed of red, blue, yellow. Now, as we watch in our imagination, we see that these three are in communication with each other, where each offers out to the others and receives back from the others. Pouring out intention, receiving back intention. Pouring out purpose, receiving back purpose. Pouring out possibility, receiving back possibility. Pouring out desire, receiving back desire. Pouring out love and receiving back love. And what we see is there is no stinting. There is no holding back. There is pure concern 
for the other. The very image of outpouring love. Then suddenly this singularity made of these three beats, hues, explodes with force, a force that is creating, not destroying. And from this one pulse, we see this power, this energy move out, expanding all around us. And in every part of this energy, in all this matter, we see the pulsing intention, possibility, desire, love pouring itself out and receiving back within itself. And as we watch with bated breath, we begin to see stars being born and a universe expanding around us. And every part of it has that same interplay of the three within that one singularity. Intention, purpose, possibility, desire, love. Pulsing in it and through it. And with one great deep sigh, we pray. Oh God, you are above. You are within. You are in all things yet contained by no thing. Teach us to seek you in all that has life, that we might see you as the light of life. Teach us to search for you in our own depths, that we may find you in every living soul. I thank you for taking a journey into our imagination, into the creation of all that is. But let me say clearly that for me, this is not imaginary. Though we were not there to see it, and cannot truly imagine the power and intensity of it, it is real. It is alive and apparent in all that is around us. And if we take time to look deeper within, we can see that creating process continues unabated in us, around us, through us. That is the outpouring, creating love, desire, intention, possibility, and purpose of God. All that God gives is gratis. It is free. It is pro bono. There is no limit. There are no prerequisites. God pours out. This is the nature of the one from whom all matter, all life flows. There is no part of creation that is separate from God. However, within bounds of natural laws, we are each free to do what we choose with what has been given to us. And we may well imagine ourselves as separate from all others, and maybe even from God. Now, in case I've stretched your imagination a little too far, let's maybe come back closer to the earth. We know 
In her book, Grateful, Diana Butler Bass asks a question as to whether gratitude is an emotion or an exchange. There's a common core, she writes, to feeling grateful. We recognize a circumstance, an event, or a situation, even if it is a trial, as a gift. We have received some unexpected benefit. We respond with words and actions, and we become our best selves in the process. Gifts are not only pleasurable, but the right gift at the right time can change us. And when such gifts arrive, we know it. Something deep within rises to the surface, that mixture of love and appreciation we call thanks. That's seeing gratitude as an emotion. Then there is gratitude as an exchange. Kind of need my hands for this. For eons, gratitude has been understood as an obligation to repay a favor or a gift. It was defined as an exchange between a benefactor and a beneficiary. Gratitude can be formulated in this way, and it, it is very formulated and Somewhat formal. Benefactor, who is A, gives gift, B, to beneficiary, C, and beneficiary, C, gives a favor, a token, an obligation back to A. So it kind of proceeds in a logical line, but then it arcs back to the giver, in an ever-ending one-direction balance of benefit. This exchange has a name, quid pro quo. You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. You do something for me, I'll do something for you. I do something for you. You must do something for me. Here, there are strings attached. There's no pro bono giving simply because that is one's nature. There is a required answer. Now, one facet of understanding who Jesus is can be seen through this lens of pro bono giving versus quid pro quo. God's purpose in creation is to give so that others might give as well. Not as an obligation, but because that is the nature of God in whose image we are made. Now, we humans want to see what's in it for us, right? We want to position ourselves to our best advantage so that we will give when we can get back or we will give when we have received already. You know, it's the water in which we've been swimming our whole lives. It, it just makes sense, right? 
we try to figure out the angles by, whereby we can at least inch ahead of the next guy or gal. We pay homage to our idols so that they will feed us back. You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. Through Moses, we received laws that showed us how to love God and love people. But throughout the ages, we have somehow kept on managing to pervert those laws or at least bend them some. We encourage obedience so that we will find favor with God. We encourage obedience so that we will find favor with God, which means on the backside, we think that if we don't obey God, God will be angry with us and punish us. That is not the nature of the one who willingly poured out self and freely received back even if what was offered was paltry. That is not the nature of the one who poured out self and received back, even if what was offered was given grudgingly. That is not the nature of the one who poured out self and graciously received back, seeing the best in the gift. There's a rhythm to this. God pours out and receives back, regardless of how the return comes. One of the earliest, if not the earliest, hymn of Christians uh, it says it clearly in Philippians 2. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, poured himself out, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death, on a cross. This is the image. This is the image in which we have been made. The image of outpouring love. Pouring out self. And keeping the self open to receive back whatever is offered. The one who has made us, the one who makes us, the one who came among us, the one who calls us forward is the one who gives without stinting the gift. This one does not require payment in blood or otherwise. This one does receive back what is offered and then transforms it into that which can heal 
and redeem us from the chains in which we have bound ourselves or been bound by others. This one did not and does not require that we, that we present ourselves without blemish. This one is the one who takes what we offer and returns it to us, redeemed and whole. Now, I offer you this image not so that you will feel guilty about how you've been giving or maybe more guilty than you already did, but so that you will be freed to know that whatever you have offered has been received gladly. Now, those of us who are parents or teachers, we know of those clumsy gifts that come to us by our kids or our students. You know, those clump of weeds that are flowers or that scribble that, Mommy, that's you, Daddy, that's you. Don't we look with joy at the one who is the giver? Yes. Or if we don't, then perhaps it's because our gifts have been looked at with disdain as less than worthy. And oh, what a painful gift we give, all because we never felt ourselves valued and of worth. So now hear this. The one who made you, who makes you, who calls you forth, does not look at you with disdain. Isn't this the same one who came among us to show us mercy and forgiveness? How can we think that this God will hold us at arm's length and then throw us away like we've got a bad odor? This is the one who has shown us boundless grace and mercy in and through the Son. The writer of the first letter of John sings out what marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. That's who we really are, says John. That's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea who God is or what God's up to. But friends, that's exactly who we are, children of God. And that's only the beginning. Who knows how we'll end up? What we know is that when Christ is openly revealed, we'll see him, and in seeing him, become like him. The world has no idea who or what God is because we think that God is like us. The world chooses to live by the law of quid pro quo, not understanding that the foundation of all creation is pro bono, for good, for free. The image of outpouring love, always pouring out and freely receiving back what is offered, not as required, 
but welcomed. And is there any better picture of being welcomed than in the vision of John on Patmos? Where he said, I looked. I looked again. I saw a huge crowd, too huge to count. Everyone was there, all nations and tribes, all races and languages. And they were standing, dressed in robes, waving palm branches, standing before the throne and the Lamb, heartily singing, salvation to our God on the throne, salvation to the Lamb. All who were standing around the throne, angels, elders, animals, fell on their faces before the Lord, the throne, and worshipped God, singing, Oh yes, the blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving, the honor and power and strength to our God forever and ever and ever. Oh yes, the one on the throne will pitch his tent there for them. No more hunger, no more thirst, no more scorching heat. The lamb on the throne will shepherd them, will lead them to spring waters of life, and God will wipe every last tear from their eyes. This is the community by which we are surrounded, the communion of saints the ones who have gone before us, the ones who've struggled and wrestled and often come up short. These are the ones who have found themselves received by God, the one who takes what is offered and holds it in mercy, redemption, transformation, allowing their very tears to become the waters of life. The standard is not the world's standard of quid pro quo, but of God's pro bono, relentlessly pouring out intention, purpose, possibility, desire, love. And in that spirit, let us receive all that God offers us. Welcome, redemption, transformation. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.